It's time now for the Sports Objective Podcast. No talking heads, just guys who love sports. Here's Dave Richmond. So, Coach, um, you're, you're back in North Carolina right now. How's your dad doing? Well, you know what? You know, with the COVID-19, uh, it's, it's uh, quarantine at nursery homes, of course, but at the rehab, rehab center that he's uh, located in in Lumberton. But we have a chance to talk to him on the phone, and they are fake, and we FaceTime. So if I'm not able to go right. see him, my brother, none of us are able to see him right now. But, you know, he seems to be in good health. The nurses are great. He's taught most of the nurses, uh, and I went to school with most of the administrators. So he's taught most of the people who work in the rehab. They, they call him Mr. Mac. So uh, it, it, right now, man, just stand steady, you know. Yeah, and that's a shame with COVID-19 that, they, they got to keep the, the, the residents as, as safe as possible in the rehab facilities and nursing homes, but it's a shame people have to communicate electronically instead of being able to go visit, but it's it kind of just, just where we are right now in society. Well, it is. You know, we have to adjust, and, you know, it's always better for me and all of us just to be on the safe side. And, uh, you know, and, and there's different – with age and all that, a little bit more vulnerable. So, Erlene's heavy on us uh, with masks and gloves and all of us social distancing and all that. So, you know, I'm not at fault. They're not at fault. I'm just uh, happy to be close to him, even though I'm not with him right now. We live in Clayton, of course, but uh, he's doing good and hanging in there. So, Coach, um, before all this COVID-19 happened, you were back in the area – we're going to kind of work from, from now and go backwards, if you're all right with that. Yeah. Um, you were going to take part in Coach Houston's um, camp for, I guess, high school coaches. Um, to, you know, unfortunately, that didn't happen because of uh, COVID-19. But what is – obviously, you had a previous relationship with Donnie Kay, and uh, I'm sure you knew Shank. Uh, but what is your relationship like uh, with the current East Carolina staff and uh, Coach Houston? Well, I, I, I've known Coach Houston just – as long as, as as he, I put it this way, Lenore Ryan days, James Madison days, and uh, and now at, at East Carolina. But you know, with Shank on the staff, Donnie, uh, Dale Steele being one of his administrators, Trip Weaver back with secondary mm-hmm. position. Uh, it's a lot of guys that I work with. Then knowing Coach Houston, the way he's run programs and 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 his programs have been successful. You know, one of my ethos and our ethos of our family from my dad on has been earned, not given. And it was the same feeling for Lincoln. Lincoln earned his way up from student assistant to graduate assistant to full-time to OC, the head coach. Coach Houston went the same route. So guys who went the same route know the ins and outs, not afraid to get their elbows and knees dirty, build programs the right way. Uh, He's not going to try to microwave it. I use that term. Uh, back in, when I was there, and I think you, I think the the Pirate fans will be very happy with with Mike and the staff. I know they will. So I was, looking forward, to, I was, I was looking forward to coming down and doing the clinic. Yeah, we were looking forward to having uh, your your return to the practice field, Coach. You, you mentioned you mentioned Lincoln, and uh, I, something I always wondered um, when when you got the head coaching job at East Carolina. Obviously, you worked with Lincoln at Texas Tech on Mike's staff. How did you know that a 26, 27-year-old guy was going to be able to come in and be a successful offensive coordinator and do the things he has done in coaching? Did you know he was going to be as good as he is? I mean, you know what? It, it's it's 
it's like recruiting kids. I, I'm, I'm, I, everybody has their deal. I'm, I think everybody is pretty good. At one thing, I think I'm, I've always been pretty good at picking the kids that maybe nobody thought could make it, and or nobody thought this or that. But you can see the talent or the potential. And Lincoln, I mentioned earlier about how he came from and earned it from student assistant where you make zero from to graduate assistant where you make half of a zero. Uh, and then to full time, uh, he earned it and didn't miss a beat, worked hard. So uh, that that progression I saw and then together at Texas Tech and then that those last few years, how things had it, we recruit together a lot. And then that very last season when I was named interim coach doing the Alamo Bowl and I named Lincoln offensive coordinator that game, or it was like magic. Uh, we had had we we could uh, connect it. Uh, I loved the way he carried himself. Uh, I loved the way he handled his kids and players. So when the the East Clemson came open, well, when the Texas Tech job did not happen. Uh, all of us were scattered, really. I was going to Stanford to work for Coach Harbaugh. And Lincoln was going to Southern Miss to work for Coach Fedora at that time. And, uh, and so when the job happened, Lincoln's the first one I wanted to call. First one I did call. And uh, I knew that. And I, I, I've done some interviews about the Alamo Bowl game, guys. And it was when you're as a head coach on his headphones, you have access to everyone. And that game that night against Michigan State, to hear him in his first opportunity in a highly publicized game, same time at Liberty Bowl, uh, Skip's time at Liberty Bowl, East Carolina at Liberty Bowl playing in Liberty Bowl. If I, if you could have heard how, and he does it now, how coordinated, smooth, well planned the offensive game plan was, it clicked. And besides getting to know him from the ground up. Then seeing him in action, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, there's there's trust, and then there's verification of trust, trust, and then verify. And uh, I saw it. Then when the job came, I know a lot of people were worried about him. I was not, and uh, not at all. And uh, so I think the rest speaks for itself. And uh, I'm happy for him. It was a hard. It was. He's the only coach I'd have left Bronco Mendenhall for is to work with Lincoln. I had other offers. And then it was when dad, this happened with dad, it was hard to leave Lincoln. But I, I, my main purpose was making sure he got started the right way at Oklahoma. He's ahead of that. And I see great things for him to continue out there. Yeah, and always family first. Your dad's going to come before football. Yeah. And talking about, you know, at Texas Tech and how it ended with the Alamo Bowl and you guys being scattered, you were going to Stanford, Lincoln was going to Southern Miss. If you can, talk about the, the process of, of Coach Holland hiring you and the interview process. And did you reach out to Terry or did Terry reach out to you? How, how did that happen that you uh, that you got to come home? No, I mean, it was a different thing. I mean, my first job interview, I, I, we, it didn't happen at Tech on a Saturday. Uh, Friday or Saturday, and the convention was that Sunday. So I went to convention. My first interview w- was with Mississippi State defensive coordinator, and uh, Dan Mullen, Coach Mullen was great. Uh, we had a great interview. I thought I had an opportunity to get that job, 
And then in between, uh, Stafford called, Coach Harbaugh. And I, you know, a lot of people think one way of him, I love Coach Harbaugh. And when I went out to visit with him, it was first, you know, he drives a pickup truck, which that got my heart right there. I love a guy to pick up. And we rode around the campus and the city, and, and we talked ball for about an hour and a half. That night, I met uh, Richard Sherman, Luck, the quarterback. All those guys were in school, and so they had a pretty good football team. And I just liked the feeling. And then you go out, and it's called the farm. So for me, again, coming from North Carolina, man, you see a farm, animals, and everything. I felt at home. And anyway, we clicked. So when I came back, I called Arlene, of course, the boss, and go, look, I, I love it out here, and I think it'd be great. And I love working with Coach Rob Ball. But coming back from that situation, I got stalled in, um, I think, Albuquerque, maybe. It may have been Houston. And uh, Coach called, and, uh, you know, it was a tough situation at Texas Tech, and I thought we had that. And when Coach Holland called, I was real appreciative, but I didn't know if I was if it was a serious offer. That's been mentioned in early interviews, and because uh, <clears throat> I told him I had a job, so if he was serious, so we we came up for an interview, and of course everything happened like it did. But uh, got a chance to come back and coach him Alamada and have a chance to get around family and around Pirate Nation again as a from a player and now as a coach. Uh, so it worked out and we had a great time and but that's the life of coaching, you know, 39, 39 seasons I've been through it. So uh, you know the life of it, you know. We've moved this is our 14th move coming here back to North Carolina as a family. So Erlene moved us around, took, taking care of us. We moved quite a bit. So, uh, but had a great time. Glad to get back to Greenville. And I was happy to come back. And Coach Holland offered the job. And knowing Coach Holland and his success as a coach and an AD, it, it was uh, it, it went great. And I, I thought it was a really good marriage. No, yeah, Terry was great. And uh, I mean, Coach, we actually go ahead, Dave. Coach, we uh, we wanted to let you know we've got a lot of fans uh, that are watching tonight, and uh, we've got comments on the screen. We're going to pop up for you. Uh, we know how much you love to recognize people, so they're they're uh, they're piling up. So we want to get some comments. That's a good man right there. Now the big yeah, thing, the nose guard, one of yeah, the toughest you, players yeah. ever coach right there, and a buzzsaw and a leader. What's up, Z? My man. <laughs> That was pretty cool, man. <laughs> we got another. We we have your college roommate up here too. We're going to put up in just a second, but uh, there's uh, that's actually Heath. Heath uh, doesn't have a Facebook account. His wife Beth does. It's actually Heath True Love Coach. Hey, what's Heath, up, True he, Love? He, well, his boss, his better three fourths, has a Facebook. He doesn't. That's that's that. He's <laughs> He's smart. And I know I saw a comment up there from your college roommate, a guy you know very well, uh, Thomas McLaren is up there too, out there. Yeah, uh, and he Thomas. said, what's up, Tuffy? So we can, so we can bring that up on the screen. 
Oh yeah, Thomas. Thomas was a, a local a local athlete. Grew up in the same pr- proximity. What's up? What's up, T Mac? Pujak. That's Pujak. He's uh, from there. He is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you Pujak go. And, He's from uh, Roseboro, right? Roseboro. Yeah. Good player, and uh, got a chance to play together, win some games, and and uh, but that's great to see that. I appreciate you guys doing that, and it's good to see uh, see Pirate Nation. That's pretty good. Coach, yeah, we'll keep for, uh, throughout the night. We'll keep for him. Okay. Coach, when um when you when you got the job here under Coach Holland, and you put your staff together, you, you hire Lincoln, you you put the you put the whole staff together, and, and you open up the season with Tulsa. You got you got yeah Dominique Davis starting a quarterback, and uh, you had Dwayne Harris out there. And that game was back and forth, nonstop. But what are your memories of your first music coach and an ending on, on a Hail Mary victory? I mean, couldn't it couldn't have been any better? Well, you know what? It's pretty unique. Uh, I did an interview, I think, a little while back. And my first game as a head coach, interim, was Alamo Bowl, where we won. That was wow. And then my first opportunity at East Carolina, our first opportunity at East Carolina, was a last second Hail Mary toss. You know, what a way to start it off, you know, and uh, it was was not great or fantastic or not enough uh, descriptive words. It was uh, (laughs) awesome, and to do it at home, uh, the first opportunity we had as a staff, uh, we had to come in, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, at that time, lost the most letterman of any school mm-hmm. in the country. I think 35 guys from the previous championship teams had, had, had went to the league and are graduated. So uh, being able to get Dominique and, and uh, we still had John at running back. And then you had, of course, the, 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 the grown man 17 at receiver uh, with Dwayne wow. gave us a great, uh, Nucleus to start on offense, and Lincoln did a great job. And defensively, those guys did a good job coming together for us over there. And you know, it was, uh, but that experience was, was fantastic. You know, it's uh, a great start, and to do it at home, you couldn't ask for much better. Yeah, no, no doubt. Got another comment on screen here. Yeah, Coach um, Benny Harwood, uh, obviously uh, John Harwood, who you know very well. That was. Oh, yeah. uh, Student assistant coach um, Benny's chiming in, saying hello from down in Sunset Beach. Well, tell him to get safe, stay safe, but go go get in the water for me. <laughs> tell him to send some fresh seafood to us in Clayton. Hey. hey, coach, I had a question too. By the way, that uh, Kyle's too chicken to ask. He wanted to know if he can go out on timeout with you sometime. Yeah, we have to talk. We have to talk about that a little bit. I love it. Hey, you know what? That's a charge. I'm messing. He didn't say that. I can't wait to become a river rat again. That's the one thing about the COVID to stop me from uh, the location of the house. Everything's not done by happenstance. We're located here in Clayton to be able to get to my dad and my wife's mom, Erlene's mom. And to time out is uh, indefinite driving range for where I'm hitting. So I can't wait to get back on her and get, be, become a river rat again. Coach, during this interview, I, had to, I didn't mess with Kyle there. 
coach uh, earlier uh, obviously we were talking about Lincoln and uh prior or prior to that or shortly after that you were talking about Bronco and having the opportunity to work for coach Mendenhall up at UVA for that season um you obviously played for Pat Dye you were on staff uh I guess your first job down at Clemson uh with uh Danny Ford's staff and uh you've coach Leach I mean you, you name it I mean you've worked for some tremendous coaches down through the years um, all very successful, but very successful in their own way. So just talk about that and um, just the different ways of getting the cat, so to speak, and uh, and then how you took something from each of those and kind of molded, okay. it, molded it around your personality. Well, my first coach was my dad. Uh, and that's why I learned uh, the work ethic. Uh, there's no such thing as quitting. You don't quit. We're not going to quit. You we're not. We're never out of the game. We never quit. And uh, play, play the. If you, every day in practice, my dad taught me everything you got, every snap, every play. And as a player, I really. And that was one thing I wanted to make sure about. That was having a chance to play every play, full speed. And I thought that was from my dad. And also, he taught me balance uh, with coaching, and it helps with players. And then. And in coaching life, Coach Dye, uh, you heard some of the guys come on. Coach Dye just left Coach Bear Bryant when he came to East Carolina. So we had grueling practices. That's easy. Is that a kind of word, grueling? Uh, and so, but the one thing I knew, we will be in the best condition and we were going to be very tough as a, as a unit. Uh, and the other thing that taught me uniquely was about the wishbone system, having to go against that every day defensively on offense, facing that, about having a multi-carrier, it'll tie into the minute with the offense, when you talk about Mike Leach, a multi-touching offense with the wishbone from Coach Dye, but, the, but also being in great condition and based everything on speed. So the next move was to coach Ford at Clemson, where, of course, just left Coach Die. Coach Die coached Coach Ford at at Alabama with Coach Bryant. So you can tell the Coach Bryant mentality was there from Coach Die, then with Coach Ford, uh, keeping it simple. Uh, and sometimes the hardest thing about keeping it simple is keeping it simple. And one thing in the early days at Clemson, we kept it very simple on offense and defense, let the kids play. Uh, again, this is a tie-in with everything I've, as you said, asked about learning. But uh, Coach Ford was that and get great players and good players who are tough and have great work ethic and, and keep, it, keep it simple. Uh, I would say the next coach, man, I've been through so many. I would say Jeff Horton at Las Vegas. Coach, Coach Logan, of course, before then, and his innovativeness on offense. Coach Logan was a great chance for him that one year in 92 at East Carolina. And then the next stop, I would say, would be Jeff Horton uh, at uh, Las Vegas. Boy, I've had a chance to work some good coaches. Jeff taught me this, reward those who produce staff-wise. And I taught that. But then also I had Jerry Moore for seven seven years, who's a Hall of Fame coach at Appalachian State. Uh, then you can skip a little bit to uh, Pat Hill at Fresno, who built that time through recruiting and organization 
and Pat was with Coach Belichick at Cleveland. So there was no work time. It was we started at 5 a.m. and now we get home at 2, 2 a.m., 1 a.m. It was work ethic, just like Coach Belichick is now at New England. Uh, but I learned a lot on the pad about organization, details. And then Coach Leach uh, is where the offensive part came uh, that always in my mind formed what defense I wanted to run, even or odd. But offensively, going back to the wishbone, an offense that I didn't know about, nobody, no one knew about, and nobody now was spreading the ball around through passing. I know the run and shoot was there for a little bit, but this offense was a almost like fast break offense, which goes back to my dad coaching me in basketball. We full court press, fast break basketball the entire time. So I don't know if it's making sense, but all of it ties in to my thought process as a head coach and as an individual position coach as well, or a special teams coordinator, which I was. Uh, am I, um, there you go. And, there you go. A special team coordinator or eventually a defensive coordinator, head coach, all those tied in from my dad, balance, and never all you got each snap to coach die. Man, <coughs> excuse me, through all those staffs to get. And I, I always try to, coaches don't invent things, they just steal them from one another. You know, and then I can't leave without that question. That's a great question. I was a P jabber, I, I was at Clemson. I was an older GA, and we were at convention. We had we made no money. I had made absolutely zero money. I think it was like four hundred a month for like nine months a year as a GA. So we went to the bowl game. I saved money up and caught a train to New Orleans to the coaching convention. And and um, uh, San Francisco coach Hall of Fame passed away. Uh, Coach Walsh? Yeah, Coach Walsh. God almighty. I can be Coach Walsh. Coach Walsh <laughs> and, and Walsh. was speaking, and Eddie Robinson was speaking. And I'm a P-jabber. I know no one. Um, I'm, oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ant. You know, it may be a gnat. So Coach Walsh finishes, and he comes out, and I just ask a question. Coach Walsh, just tell me one thing as a coach. I'm a young coach, Ruff McNeil, young coach trying to learn anything about the business. Can you tell me one thing? He was in a hurry. He said, details, details. I go, I didn't care if he kept walking. I just wrote it down, details. Then Coach Robinson came out. He had spoke. And again, I couldn't afford to go into the convention at that time to speak, so I had to wait for him outside the meeting room. And he came out, and I said, Coach Robinson, I'm Ruff McNeil. I'm a new coach. I just finished GA at Clemson and get ready to start out. Tell me one thing that you think will be beneficial. And he stopped. That was the first thing. I go, he stopped for a peach jabber? An ant? <laughs> okay, yes, I said, he says, special teams, son. Special teams. Never neglect special teams. I never forgot that. You know, this is 19, that was 1985, 86. 86. And right now today, I said, just like Coach said it to me, this is 2020. So, uh, you know, so you meet a lot of coaches, you listen, and you know, I just tell young coaches how God gave you two eyes and two ears and one mouth for a reason. He wants you to listen and look and not talk so much. So I'm always a big listener and a 
and a, and a, and a looker at conventions and a listener and try to learn. So long answer yeah. to that question. No, that, that was great. That's exactly what we were looking for. Um, one of those coaches you mentioned, Pat Hill, uh, one of the things I always thought was very cool that Fresno State did um, was have, having that green V on the back of the helmet saying that they play for the people of the Valley. It's kind of like Eastern North Carolina and the Pirates playing for the people of the East. There's no doubt. You know what? That's a great thought. And, again, I'm not a Los Angeles guy. Or Vegas was the biggest city we lived in, but we lived outside. But Fresno sits in between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and it's called the Valley. And that's an area that they could grasp, and it was a group of people. And, man, he did a good job, great job building that program with recruiting and had a great method of recruiting and Prop 48. That means kids that were not academically ready. He had a plan and a system set up so they could start and begin and graduate on time. Really had some good players there. And uh, that V on the back is just like the rally point at East Carolina with Power Nation. Uh, you know, it was, uh, uh, it, it was, and this is ironic. I played in there in that stadium before I coached. And they, I heard some, I was called some things that I've never been called for in my life, ever. <laughs> and then to be coaching there and have somebody come in and and uh, and, and and coaching there and have somebody come in uh, and turn this off. My daughter's my daughter's texting me. Uh, Olivia, she's a she's a second boss. But to, uh, then to come to Pride Nation, having played there, but then coming in at, to hide it grown. Early, y'all quit texting. <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry, but they no problem. That's one thing about the the the, the COVID nineteen uh, coronavirus. We've done more Zoom and FaceTime because everybody's like they see there it is again. Uh, okay, but uh, you know, but but the V. Your question about the Valley representing the same thing with Pirate Nation. Except Pirate Nation is was is revered was revered around the nation people hate it a after leaving east carolina i talked to a lot of opponents and they hate it coming to greenville to play they absolutely hate it coming there to play and uh that's a compliment to the environment i think no doubt coach we have yeah, coach, several questions from some of our uh, viewers here on Facebook Live and YouTube as well. Um, let's go to this first one from Sheridan Barnes. Hey, what's up, Sheridan? What's up, team? So it says, uh, it says Reg Reggie's LB, uh, Reggie's linebacker. What is what is his thoughts of former player Willie Smith, who went undrafted to the Redskins? Uh, great kid. Uh, uh, great worker. Great mentality. Had talent. That's the thing about the NFL. <clears throat> some first draft choices make it, some don't. Some latter draft choices make it and become stars. Well, Tom Brady's the one to talk about the most, but there's, there's more. There's three agents, and Willie was one of them. Great attitude, great work ethic. Uh, and, of course, on the field, it, 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 it was no, no question about his, about his uh, talent as well. All right. All right, we're going to roll through these. we got so many popping up, Coach. I love you. Came from uh, Mark Mullis. He says um, he'd be curious to know what your opinion is of uh, Jalen Hurts in the NFL. The smartest, one of the smartest teams in the draft was Philadelphia Eagles. 
Uh, I've been around a long time uh, at Oklahoma, been around Baker, who is going to be successful at Cleveland. Don't let all the other stuff happening with Baker. Trust me on this. You guys are here and fans that are listening. Baker is going to be successful at Cleveland. No doubt. I was with him there. Tried to recruit him to East Carolina before that from Lake Travis High School. Lincoln and I both. Uh, and then the next year with Cowler, who's playing for the Phoenix Cardinals. Great, 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 great quarterbacks and leaders. Jalen is the same particular thing. Imagine this. Jalen's the starting quarterback at Alabama. Loses his job to another great player who got drafted earlier, Tua. Does not think about it. You guys know sports. Gave a grown man type response to it. Uh, there's childish responses, childish responses, and grown man responses. The first thing people should know about him is after he lost his job, did not pout, could not pout. Yeah, it was hurt, but came back in. Not only had a great attitude, but helped win the championship as a championship. And uh, after the year before, he was replaced by Tua. So when I knew Jalen through high school because Jalen's dad's a football coach and that chapter through high school in Houston, East Houston, great coach. And uh, so getting knowing Jalen and where he was going, we didn't know at the time. So I was in the school recruiting in Dallas and I was just, I was in a high school and I said, hey, you know, y'all just got Jalen Hurts. Uh, there I go, man, amazing. And, Great leader. His first week at at Oklahoma, he had all receivers in the indoor tossing, throwing. Wow. First week, he got the combination, had balls thrown to him, and he led the team. And again, uh, of course, three championships all up, but we got the three playoffs. Uh, didn't win the games in the playoffs, but making the playoffs is a big deal too, as well. I think that's been been you know uh, talked about among commentators and everything, but. Uh, we'll do well at do well at Philadelphia. Uh, great, great quarterback coach there. Uh, does great wonders with the quarterbacks. Jalen's tough as nails, smart as a whip, and uh, he's he his attitude, how he handled the, one of the biggest situations at one of the major school. That should tell people a lot. And I thought Philadelphia was was really one of the smartest uh, football teams in the draft. All right. Our next question is from Josh Thomas, a loyal Pirate fan. He says, how does Coach feel about the direction the Pirate program is headed under Coach Houston? I think it's headed up. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, I think Mike and the staff, uh, they know how to win. Shank with O-line, DK heading up the offense, Donica Patrick, great offensive mind. I've known, I've known DK all my coaching life. And uh, so great coach, great, great Great coordinator, Dale Steele helping him with administrative part. Chip Weaver coming in. They got a great staff. Uh, you know they're recruiting well, and Mike's got a system. He has a plan, it, and it's not microwave plan. And just be patient, uh, and you'll see. You'll see. Just, just my prediction, and 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 my belief is that Mike's going to turn it around, and uh, our fans will be happy. Pirate Nation will be happy. And but Mike's gonna do a great job. He's gonna have the right people in there. He's gonna have the right players in there, and he's gonna do it the right way. They'll be tough, organized, just like his other teams were. Lenore Ryan and James Madison, 
those places. And uh, I think Proud Nation will be very happy with Coach Houston. Yeah, it's something else, you know, by Coach Houston. He's got John Gilbert, and it makes your life a lot easier when the AD is working hand-in-hand with you. Well, you know, that's a big thing. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I get asked a lot of questions, and, and they ask what did I learn. Well, like after losing is only losing if you don't learn from it. So I've never lost a game. I may came up short, but I've learned from each opportunity. That's not something for us interviewing right now. And situations and experiences are only useful if you use them. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing that in all those 39 years, and one of the first questions of coaching that I was asked about the coaching stops, high expectations are great. And if they're met with high commitment. And I think Coach Gilbert is going to give Coach Houston exactly what he needs to be to meet expectations. So high, high expectations by everyone. Administrative, fans, everyone. Also must be met with the same height of commitment that's throughout the program. You can't you can't try to do it, you can't try to run around the middle. That's the, and uh I think I know uh Mike, Coach Houston, I call him Mike because I know him, but but Coach Houston, I do that formally because we're doing interviews. And Coach Gilbert, they'll do a great job. Um, you know. Oklahoma, I just left there, and it's high commitment. It's championships, great. There you don't win a win or get a ring for going to a bowl game. You only get a ring if you win a championship there at Oklahoma. So we got three. But there was high expectations every game and high commitment by the administrative staff, which is a very important for success, for, for, for success. And I think with Coach Gilbert and I know Coach Houston, Knowing they got to work together, partnership, they'll do a great job and just tell Power Nation to stay faithful like they have been and get behind them. Yeah. Coach, um, Alan Powell chimes in, uh, better known to most folks as Pirate Al. He says, I miss you, Coach Pirate Rugg. How, how weird was it for you when your Pirate played the Red Raiders in the bowl game back in 2000 out in Astrodome? One of the weirdest games. I've coached. I've coached some weird games. That was one. Uh, I thought, not thought, but when the first snap of the game, I knew we were in trouble at Texas Tech uh, with David at quarterback and the receivers and the plan they had, and <clears throat> they came in ready to play. Uh, did a great job executing. Uh, it was a weird game. It was an ice over game at that time. I remember that. It was 2000, I think, and it was uh, mm-hmm. Gallup Virgil Bowl at Houston, and it was an ice over game. I think the airport got iced over. So at Texas Tech, we couldn't get any fans down. He's kind of came in ready to go. I think I knew our kids took it for granted. That was our first bowl game, their first, first bowl game in years at Texas Tech at that time. So they came in, did a great job, and the weird thing was just watching a team that I played for and got my degree from. Terma beat me, <laughs> beat me fair and square. What is close? All right, Coach um, Johnny Gardner. We'd like to know what are some games, moments from from your time with the Pirates, whether it was your playing career or um, your coaching career with the Pirates that that really stand out. Uh, I think that first year having a chance to, to, to play on special teams as a true freshman and uh, win the, uh, be a part of the uh, 
just being a part of it and, and being a part of a major college football program. The next year as a starter, my first sophomore year, we all were young. Leander Greens and Billy Washingtons and Theodore Suttons and AC, all these young guys. Eddie Hicks was playing. I mean, I can't name all of them. Uh, <coughs> Terry Gallagher. There were so many young people. Uh, Zach Valentine, all these guys on that team. Uh, we played state the first game, and Johnny Evans threw for like maybe a thousand yards on us in one game. I think that was the record. It may have been a thousand, it may have been two thousand in that game. And <laughs> you know, I was able to, we, we thought we had won the game on the, on the last second play, and uh, they were we were leading 26 to 23, I think. I can't remember, I think that was the score. And I got, and we thought we had won. They called us back on the field, and I had to make a play. I think it was on two-yard line to help win the game. As a player, help my team win, help our team win was a big moment. Uh, leaving Dowdy Ficklin, there's a picture someone sent. The last game at Dowdy Ficklin, my last game as a senior, it was very memorable. We won the game, and, man, that was a sad moment and a glad moment. But we knew Coach Dow was leaving, so it made it even sadder. Had a possibility of leaving. Uh, as a coach, the first game, like we mentioned, uh, with Shane in that group and all that group uh, win the bowl game uh, down in Florida was a big win and the accomplishment, I thought. Uh, there were other big games we had at home, of course, versus – North Carolina State and, and UNC and Virginia Tech, those are great wins, stand out, you know. So, man, I was, I was just blessed to be around around that and be a part of a small part. Yeah, your record against the ACC was incredible. You had the five straight against the ACC, um, including Virginia Tech, just a couple months before they decided to let you go. Um <laughs> The the what, what did it just did it mean more to you? To, I, every win's precious, but did it mean more to you to beat those in-state and regional rivals, the so-called bigger schools? Well, you know, I think, and and I learned this again. Go back to my first question. When the first question as a coach, wins are hard. All wins are hard. Try losing them. You know, when you lose, that's losing is worse. This is Frank Cush, coach of Arizona State. He said losing is worse, worse than death because you have to live with it, you know. So uh, all wins are, are magnificent. You know, of course, uh, those were uh, two in-state institutions that have great tradition. And then Virginia Tech with coach. I've seen uh, Coach Beamer a lot of times since then, too, with 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 his son, Shane coaches at Oklahoma. So I would see Coach Beamer a lot. And uh, we we always have been close. And those guys have really been close. And uh, so it was just great and have an opportunity to be a part of it, a small part with the great staff and the great players we had. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy that the the Pirate Nation, the Pirate fans could, could, could have bragging rights the times we were able to give it to them. All right, Coach, uh, James Smith, uh, one of Kyle's good friends, uh, he's a diehard Southern Miss fan. He said, as a Southern Miss fan, I just want to tell you how much I respect you as a coach. Your teams were always well coached, prepared, and um, in first class. 
Oh, man. Uh, James, I appreciate that. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Southern Miss. As a player, we had to play them each year. Uh, again, we got our we got, we got spanked by them down there in Southern Miss. And uh, <coughs> having to play them at, as, as a coach at East Carolina was always tough. And I appreciate that. That's a compliment, again, to the players and to, our, to the staff. I'll just, again, have to be around them and, and be a part of it. But that's a great compliment. Thank you so much. You have to have the highest winning percentage as a head coach against Southern Miss. You went three and one against the Golden Eagles. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yep. And, uh, but but that that they were always tough, especially down there. God, late they were tough. And then we faced them one time in, in Greenville. They were tough. They had a, uh, a couple of NFL uh, starters on that team. We played them, and uh, that they got us. They got us there that one time. Larry's might have been Larry's last year at Southern Miss. He had a really good team. But, uh, yeah, they always play tough. Coach, I'll never forget um, your first year. I guess it was about game four, maybe game four, game five. We were down in Hattiesburg and got in a 21 nothing hole right off the bat. Um, but we came back and won that ball game in a shootout. And uh, you recall that kickoff return that Jonathan Williams had for a touchdown. And I think it was Dwayne Harris and then uh, another one or two had some absolutely uh, unbelievable. Good God. Yeah, they'd be uh, yeah they'd be suspended right now for those blocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. It was uh, again like James brought up. Always tough battles. Good. Always had good athletes. Always tough. Well coached, and we got down. We got behind, and uh, the kickoff return. It was a reverse, and Jonathan got it up the sideline, and a lot of times that lines you up for now, which is illegal blindside blocks, and we got a few on that one play. Some ear holes, ear hole blocks, what they call them. And now they'd be suspended right now in the next game. But that year, of course, it wasn't there. But man, that was a big, big time play. Big block, great blocking, uh, great return, and uh, gave us momentum down there away from home. Hey, coach, uh, some guy named Will Smith chimes in. He said, I'm joking. W w Willie Smith. Uh, like we were talking about him earlier, he chimes in saying, what's going on, Coach Ruff? Hey, hey, Willie, good to see you, man. We still got those knives you sold us. They sold us some knives one time. That was how. But, uh, yeah, uh, good. thanks, Willie. Good to, see, good to hear from you. And, um, and Coach. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of coaches. We got a lot of people. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, he, True Love, chimed in. Um, I wanted to kind of transition, talk about the captain, Shane Carden. Uh, obviously, he's going into, I guess, what, his second year as a head high school coach up in Idaho. So um proud of Shane and everything he's doing, um, both as a high school football coach and also in real estate up there. Um, but he said, I remember when Shane said, Coach Ruff told him, when you're winning, they want to write a book. When you're losing, they wonder if you can read one. Yeah, that's a – I've been known for saying some <laughs> sayings and, you know uh, – I could do that. I can tell you some other things later on, but yeah, that was one to keep your to keep your balance. Remember, I told you my dad taught me balance, and uh, that was one of them. He taught me balance is that you know winning is great and keep it here. Winning, losing. If you lose a game or come short, it's only a loss if you don't learn from it. So keep that same balance, but. The quarterback and the head coach get a lot of credit and a lot of blame. So what most of the quarterbacks, I, I would always tell them, Dominique, all of them, but Shane, he's called captain for a reason. 
He is a captain. Now he's captain. And not captain, but captain. Uh, C-A-P, pause me in. I said, just remember this. When you win, they want you to write a book. If you lose that question, if you read one, if you can always remember that balance, you'll be okay. So, yeah, I did tell Shane that. Shane, he quit telling all my little secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got any more from uh, from viewers? Uh, <laughs> uh, we got some comments. I'm trying. I was trying to. Uh, yeah, we got a whole bunch. They were coming in so uh, quickly. Uh, just a few folks saying hello. Hey, Linda. Mm. That's and my classmate there. And that's one of my frat brothers, fraternity brothers. So let's see here. Um, hey. We'll keep them. We'll keep them rolling. Yeah, keep going yeah, and uh, rolling. Get that mask on there. There's so many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people coming with. But sure um, y'all keep firing away. You know, Coach. Uh, one of the things that that I wanted to ask you is um, Josh Thomas was chiming in earlier. Um, this is actually his question, but um, sometime down the road, I know right now, like we mentioned early on, uh, you're back at home. Uh, taking care of your dad. Unfortunately, with everything's going on, you can't get uh, right there with your dad. You've had to do what we're doing right now and talk to him via Zoom and FaceTime and that kind of thing. But uh, down the road, should an opportunity present itself, um, be it with East Carolina football or the Pirate Club or what what have you, uh, would you be uh, willing to potentially entertain an opportunity at East Carolina? Well, I think, I think one of the things that I'm really conscious of is giving Coach Houston and and everybody else a chance for him to acknowledge and and get his program on the water I'll be on, on the way and get it under under uh, under get it going, and I'll, I'm gonna support the heck out of him. I I'm not retired from coaching, that's for sure. I'm gonna answer that question first. Uh, I'm not sure what what you know. I know I have some offers. I have some right now, but of course my first part, like you mentioned, is my dad. Um, I'm I've always been hesitant, you know, being a coach, and I love. East Carolina, y'all know that, but I want Coach Houston to be able to begin his program and and, and do the things he needs. And uh, uh, but I'll be supportive of them the whole time I can right now tonight. Absolutely. Coach, we have another question here. Mm, Crump saying hello. There you go. There you go. Oh. Um, Coach, um, when you left there, you, you uh, got hired by Bronco up at Virginia. Did you have uh, any any head coaching opportunities uh, when you uh, were let go? Yeah, that was the, the first. When everything happened that Friday, uh, Bronco uh, was the first. Well, I tell you, you know what? This Pride Nation needs to know this. The, the first coaches to reach out were Larry Fedora and Dave Doran. Oh, wow. The very first. I mean, I'm talking about immediate, as soon as they heard. And, you know, and they reacted in different uh, That's another story, but. They were really, they really, they were the first two to call. And then Bronco called and offered me a job that day because uh, we had shared knowledge and shared staff. My East Carolina, uh, my best friend and Erlene's best friend, Leonie and I, Robert and I, we were together at Vegas, together at Tech. And, and uh, so he was, he was uh, on the, on the BYU staff, which we played that last year and lost the last second right. play, uh, last part of the game. But I, I, I knew how Bronco ran his program. Again, you say, ask about coaches. 
the 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 coach who has influenced me as a coach as, as much as anyone I mentioned at the same level as my dad and coach died was Bronco Mendenhall. Wow. Uh, he advanced my knowledge of coaching. As a head coach, you get you're not involved in so much individual day to day individual coaching. It's more of an organizational. As you guys know, y'all run organizations as organizational. And uh, I was a part of every meeting, a part of every decision. But my day was spent on running the program <clears throat> and having a chance to work for Bronco and get back on the field, number one. But I learned a lot about myself as a coach. And uh, I would not have left Bronco. I had other offers when Bronco offered. Other head coaching offers. But having a chance to work for Bronco, who I knew, and we had worked together and it changed the staff while I was in East Carolina. Well, I, flew, I flew my guys out there. Then I flew his guys back to Greenville to help exchange, exchange, exchange ideas on defense. And uh, then, of course, at that moment, being around somebody I knew and had a lot of respect for, and around my best friend and Robert and I, Erlene's best friend, because not just coaches go through it, guys. Your wives and your family go through it. So uh, Erlene having a chance to be with her, one of her best friends in life, Leonie and I, it was great. And then going to Virginia to help start a program because Bronco was winning. He won nine games a year at, at BYU. So taking the job at Virginia was a challenge. He calls it, you can run with the wind or run into the wind. Well, taking that job at Virginia was running into the wind. And I thought this year, what we started building that first year, you start coming to fruition this past year at Virginia. And um, you'll see it continue with Bronco, but I enjoyed my time at Virginia. And the only person I mentioned earlier that I would have left for was Lincoln. And Lincoln had some offers while at Oklahoma. I, I don't know if people know this. Lincoln turned down numerous jobs while he was with us in East Carolina that doubled and tripled and quadrupled his pay, which that's loyalty there. And I don't know if fans know that, but while we're talking here tonight, some nuggets that he turned down jobs that people would be what in the world. I'm talking about from a Golden Dome type school that and some other schools that paid him, could pay him not just double, but triple and quadruple what we could even think about paying him to stay at East Carolina. And But when Oklahoma called, Bob Stoops, we had competed for 10 years against one another. And the, one of the most classiest coaches ever, he called first to ask permission to ask him about Lincoln and ask permission to talk to Lincoln. And he just did the first class way. And uh, I told Bob, I don't want to lose Lincoln ever, but you need to hire him right now. And he's <laughs> going to help you win immediately. And uh, Bob thought I was trying to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, I found out when I went to Oklahoma, Later on, Bob said, I thought, you, I thought you, you were trying to get rid of him. I said, heck no. I didn't want him to leave. But a chance to go coach with another great guy, with a great guy, Bob Stoops, a winner, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, great tradition, competitor. We had competed for 10 years against one another. That means you know each other pretty good uh, in some battles. And uh, then some not so battles too, but but uh, it's a great opportunity for Lincoln and Caitlin. 
And uh, so that's when he went to Oklahoma. You saw what he's done there with Baker and again, Cowler, their offense. If you take your time, look at his stats, what he's done offensively for them. You saw it happening in East Carolina. If you go back and watch some, some film from East Carolina and then put on Oklahoma, you'll see some of the things he started there with us at East Carolina. He's advanced it, but he uses field at, at uh, Oklahoma. Coach, um, very quickly, not to get off on a tangent, but kind of piggybacking off you mentioned Coach Anai. Uh, so he was your offensive line coach uh, when you were at Texas Tech back in that 2000 Gallery Furniture Bowl. I know you mentioned that, Ty. And um, him being at BYU prior to Virginia, uh, uh, that relationship is what led to the Pirates and uh, Cougars playing, right? It did. You know, it did. And along with the staff exchange, it's, it's, it's like professional enhancement. Uh, everybody, a lot of people do it when you have that relationship among head coaches. Utmost respect for Bronco, how he, how he takes care of business and runs his business and program. Uh, Bronco, I like what he was doing defensively. We like these kind of what he was doing. So our staff flew to uh, Brian Mitchell was on our staff then, had played at BYU, and then Robert was there. They flew out and studied, studied defense. And then a year later, probably, we flew their staff to Greenville and uh, to keep continue the educational part. So uh, I'm sure that relationship and then the relationship between Robert and I and I and then BYU trying to find opponents, you know, that year too was a year we traveled the most as a football team, I think, in the country. We flew mm -hmm. to Dallas. We flew to – Utah, or another long distance trip too, as well. So, travel the most, but yeah, that was a had a lot to do with it. And it was a great competition, great program uh, that Bronco established, ran. You know, Coach Lavelle started, and Bronco had a great, great years. And and then uh, having a chance to play him out there was a treat. Hey, little man, what's up in the hey, field? hey, Coach? This is a future pirate, Alex, my son. Hey, had a question. Ask him. Don't be shy. Um, Say real quick. We're about to go off the air. Say real quick. Uh, he wants to know what are your favorite sports besides football? Basketball. There no you doubt. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he wanted to make his cameo favorite. tonight. Basketball is my favorite. I, I, matter of fact, I was getting ready to play basketball and play, play football. But, uh, yeah, that was a great uh, – I love basketball. My dad's a basketball coach and coached okay. me hard. You got to ask me. Coach, I had a quick question for you. What movies have you been watching lately with uh, – all the COVID-19. I know how much you and I love movies. So how, what movies have you been watching? Well, you know what? I, 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 Just Mercy, uh, Angels Have Fallen. I love that that franchise. Uh, Bad Boys for Life. Then I oh, watched yeah. some uh, series, Boston Legal. Went back and watched seven years of that. God, I'm an idiot. And then I watched <laughs> seven years of Blacklist in a row. Over a period of time, and and then I watched. Uh, I love CSI Miami with Horatio Kane. So I watched yeah. those seven years. Now my daughter told me to watch Ozark. So I'm trying to. I'm yeah. trying to get an Ozark right now, TV wise, but movie wise, it's been uh, Angels of Fallen. We watched Just Mercy. Uh, I went back and watched some old ones. Uh, you know, uh, no, no, King. Huh? No Tiger King. Seems like everybody's watching well, Tiger yeah, King. My daughter had me watch that. That that was <laughs> that that, yeah. that was a good relief in my brain. That that 
I don't care what that, that, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that. God Almighty. Yeah, thank God. Oh, yeah, well, so I did watch that. My daughter, who's got a big influence, always said, Dad, you need to watch it. I go, why? Just watch it. And I watched how many shows there were, and I'm going, okay, thank you for my that brain massage right there. That was <laughs> what a train wreck. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a different deal, you know. So there's some bad things happening in that film. There's some bad things happening with, with everybody in that film. No doubt, no doubt. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking at it. We're about it right out of time. You're so awesome. Okay. Uh, we love you. We love you to death. And uh, there, what is that? What? The belt Tom, pleasers. Tom, he said, oh, he, he said ask what, Ralph about the belt pleasers. <laughs> what the best intramural basketball team in the history of East Carolina. Belt please, that was the name of our team. We're all from Belt Dorm. The best, <laughs> not one of the best ever in the history wow. of intramural basketball East Carolina. We would we dust the people off. They did not let <laughs> play us. It was the town football team. We were pretty good. Wow. Oh, yeah, hey, look, real quick. Hey, look, man. Hey, He's boy. a big fan of you. Yeah. How you doing? Good. You're a cutie pie. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you. He's in first grade. What? You gonna be tall? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, you, like this, you like staying at home? Wes, I know about right out of time. Oh, no problem. I just wanted to, James, who chimed in earlier from down in Mississippi, he said he wants to coach one day, and um, he just would like for you to, in a abbreviated version, talk about that flexbone offense that the academies run, obviously, Navy, and just and just talk about what makes it so challenging. Hey, Ralph, can you put that, one second. Can you put that image back on the screen, brother? No, Ralph, that's my buddy James. Do you see his girlfriend Shannon? Can, can you explain okay. that? How in the world did he outkick his coverage? He out, he, he out put it, out kick, overthrown <laughs> everything with that. Yeah, that's his. That's his better three fourths. <laughs> but the flex bone I mentioned earlier, where I like the leech offense, and that's as a head coach, I want to run it sometime, add some things that I thought, thought defensively. It gets the ball to everybody on offense. The quarterback, four people can have the ball at any time. Quarterback, fullback, and 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 halfbacks can carry the ball and have a threat on the on the air. It's just like the offense, the air great offense. Except we get the ball to five people, five receivers every time, eligible receivers. And uh, that's why I love the offense of Mike Leach, because of my time with Coach Dye and facing it for four years and trying to defend it from Georgia Southern, the flex ball, because it spreads the ball out and makes you defend the whole field, vertically, horizontally, and with the run game. <clears throat> All right. Well, Coach, uh, again, thank you so much. I know you're yes, – it's been a huge honor. We've been so excited. And of course, you know, when good time, good things happen and time is flying when, when you're on with us because we're looking forward to it. Uh, don't be a stranger. Love to have you back on again. Same here, man. Y'all take care and keep doing what y'all doing. And thanks for having me on. Appreciate y'all. Thank All you. Right, go Pirates. Appreciate yeah. you, Coach. Y'all take care. Love you guys. Take care. Love you too. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Bye. Coach Ruffing McNeil, and uh, I know that out of respect to his time, we promised him seven to eight. So, um, 
What a great coach. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? Uh, just great to have Coach on. It's, you know, it's a shame things ended like they did for Coach Ruff, but uh, things worked out for him, man. He, he got on with Bronco there at Virginia, went on to Oklahoma, was part of a lot of success at Oklahoma, won some Big 12 championships, went to the playoffs. Good things happened to good people. Coach Ruff landed on his feet, and uh, now he's back home in Clayton's getting to spend time with his dad. And uh, so just honored to have Coach on. He's uh, he's one of my favorite people to ever be at East Carolina. No doubt. I was trying to hook you up there, Kyle, with getting you on the timeout. But uh, <laughs> I, I love that boat. That boat. The name of that boat is awesome, not only for the fact he's a coach, but timeout yeah, and timeout. Button. Yeah, awesome. All right, yeah. thank you. And uh, by the way, give a shout-out, Bubba, uh, to you for all your hard work and uh, a lot of great viewers tonight, a lot of great uh, our friends. We There were so many we couldn't mention everybody. So and thanks to this little man here. Uh, future pirate Alex for being on with us too. Great, he he's been dying all day to ask a question. So appreciate you, bud. Go Absolutely. ahead. We we appreciate everyone tuning in. And um, you were asking Kyle just kind of what his thoughts were as far as um Coach Ruff and everything. I just my my thoughts would be this. I mean, when you when you take a look at the way he was so engaging, so entertaining tonight. Um, yeah. that's that's what made him an excellent recruiter and why. Donnie Kirkpatrick, as a recruiting coordinator, was always talking about why what why Ruff was the epitome of uh, the perfect closer and, and coming in and just sealing the deal when they had the guy on the the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something else too. How engaging he was. We're nobody. I mean, you know, we do this, but Coach Ruff took the time for us to come on here. Didn't didn't worry about the time. Didn't press it. His players would run through the wall, run through a wall from him. That's what made him a good coach. Those kids believed Coach Ruff because he's genuine. And as Coach said, real recognizes real. And that's what made him a good hit coach because those boys would run through a wall for him. No doubt about it. Uh, it's a lot of fun tonight. The time went by fast. I appreciate all the comments, the questions, the viewers tonight. Uh, it was like going so fast. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, Means a lot. Okay, well, uh, thank you, uh, Mike Mully. Uh, Mully is uh, Mike Mullis. Mully is awesome, one of our friends of the podcast. And guys, I know Bubba, we've got uh, a couple more things coming up this week, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, on Friday, that's so we'll, we'll have trivia. Um, but prior to then, uh, Wednesday night, same time, seven o'clock, and we'll be joined by Ricky Bustle. Uh, Ricky Bustle spent nine years as the head coach at Louisiana with the Raging Cajuns, and prior to that. He was the offensive coordinator for Michael Vick at Virginia Tech. Also coached uh, Jim Druckenmiller, who was a heck of a quarterback for the Hokies back in the early to mid-90s. Played with the San Francisco 49ers. And um, so we'll catch up with him. Then we'll also catch up, um, actually, in addition to um, those stops, I mentioned Coach Bustle spent three years on Ed Emery's staff. I almost forgot to mention that from 80 to 82. He was a wide receivers coach. And then uh, we'll catch up with some recent Pirates, Worth Gregory, who was a tremendous punter for Coach Ruff, and then also Davis Plowman, who did a heck of a job as a place kicker. Those guys have their own kicking business now, and uh, we'll we'll have them on the second half hour. Yeah, don't forget about the Liberty Bowl watch parties coming up, uh, Bubba. That's coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sunday night, uh, Sunday night, May May the third at seven o'clock, we'll be joined by Mark Libiano, Emmanuel McDaniel, who played a decade in the league. And then also some others, um, Darren Hart, who had the big pick six in that game. And then you never know, we might have some other surprises. 
no doubt about it. Well, thank you guys so much for watching tonight. We're thinking about all our friends dealing with COVID-19. There are a lot of uh, small businesses. We're thinking about those of you that have been unemployed, uh, laid off, furloughed. Uh, a lot of things happening right now. Our hearts go out to you. We'll keep doing these shows. We love it. And um, thanks to our friends at StreamYard for uh, their great technology, too. Uh, until next time, you've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. You've been listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Join us next time as the guys will be objective, and the objective is sports.